Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, the podcast about whatever we want. But rejoice because today this podcast is going back to its roots and it's all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on this merry journey, the man who's had a rough day, but we're going to turn it around. Turn it around, 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 peaches! Turn the peaches around. Hey, we gotta get I almost did that with the headphones around. on. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been embarrassing. What's going on, What's man? Up, How you man? doing? Uh, you know, just... I'm here for the thing. For the thing! Woo! Yeah. We're doing the, Woo, thing. the thing! I haven't had enough of this to drink for it to make noises again. See, I think that's the problem, is that you're drinking water right now, and you're usually drinking beer. Yeah, but I don't want anything else that I put in my body to come out of my body. (laughs) So, uh, I'm just going to stick with water right now. All right, well, while you're doing that, we've got a very special guest (laughs) for the show today. Uh, Old friend of both of ourselves, friend of the show, it's Chris. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hi. I was waiting to talk until I was introduced because I thought it might be rude to just be like a person you know everyone who's going to be listening to this in a couple days like there's a third voice here i don't know him i'm turning it off (laughs) no uh i think the people who are listening to this are very aware that you'll be on the show (laughs) um but how's it going man that's right i'm good i'm good how you guys doing we're living the dream uh we're we're gonna bring up peach's spirits don't worry it'll happen yes we'll do it We're going to do it, and then we're going to bring up Peach's Spirits. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I knew he was going to say that. (laughs) I knew he was going to say that. I know a couple people who might not be into that. but uh. (laughs) The introduction to the squad cannot be complete without first hearing your top five games of all time. So, Chris, in whatever order you want, let us know what are those top five games of all time. I, I have agonized over this. I am notoriously bad at ranking things you ask me what my favorite food is i have no idea i don't know what well i'm, I'm just really bad at picking favorites ranking things so before i get to my top five and uh my fiance has made fun of me for this because she put her top five together in like two minutes and she had it so easy but me i was like i really want to talk about this i really want to talk about that and she's like well is it your top five favorites or top five things you actually want to talk about i'm like okay here we go so first before i get to the list my honorable mentions that I'm not including due to recency <laughs> bias. But ask, ask me again in five years. Okay, so honorable mention be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because I have never felt so immersed in a game world, I think, as I have when I played that game. Uh, just fell in love with everything about it. And Super Mario Odyssey, which is probably the moist the most i said moist whoops <laughs> all right no, start over uh no so, from the top yes welcome all right um hello hello all right oh um it's the most joyous game i think i've ever played I was smiling the whole time through especially when i got to the new dog city festival if you've played it you know oh yeah uh, i am a sucker for nostalgia uh, as you will see as we're going along so anytime Something kind of reaches back into the past. I get all warm and fuzzy. Um, but for Mario Odyssey, I just want to get out here. My hot take, and I've told other people this before, Robbie uh, especially, I think was very surprised by this. But uh, 
I, I've always felt that everything that Super Mario 64 did, the Banjo-Kazooie games did better. Yeah, that's my hot take. But everything that Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie did, I think Mario Odyssey did better. So that's yeah, why Banjo-Kazooie is not going to be on my top five list either. But this Waka Waka. Um, And then uh, just two honorable mentions that I really wanted to shout out because I'm bad at rankings and just really want these games to get some love. Uh, I'm going to say the uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney series, but uh, specifically, uh, just found out there's a volume knob on this uh, headphone that I'm like, why is it getting quieter? It's cause <laughs> uh, uh, but specifically, uh, the third game, Trials and Tribulations, because all those games, especially that one, they have a great story, characters, writing, the logic puzzles of it are fun. Uh, the music is fantastic. And I'm also a sucker for leitmotif where, you know, every character is a different theme and they really do that well. And uh, on that note, if I'd ever finished Final Fantasy VI, that game would be my top five, probably just for the music alone. But anyway, so Phoenix Wright is attorney. If you haven't played them, go play them. I think they're re-releasing them on Switch soon. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then all the Mario RPGs. Oh my God, I wrote so much here. Uh, I wrote a shout out to Beware the Forest Mushrooms for being one of the greatest video game songs of all time, but especially Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, because you get to play as Bowser. It has the greatest non-Bowser Mario villain of all time, Fawful, and uh, the final boss theme in that game is great. All right, now my actual top five. Uh, now that I've talked about probably seven or eight games, here are my top five. Um, Mega Man 2, um, I said probably 2, maybe 3 or 4, possibly 9 or 10, but I play 2 and 3 the most. I play both those games at least once a year. Uh, going back to when I was a kid, uh, I remember, and I mentioned this in the chat uh, last time you were streaming, uh, that um, the uh, I used to go and rent the Mega Man games for the NES, and I would play them all week, and I would get up super early on Saturday morning, go downstairs before my parents were up, and just play Mega Man all day. Uh, so going all the way back to that Mega Man 2, which is great. I love that whole series. Uh, Portal. Uh, I'm going to say specifically Portal 2. Um, I love them both. Uh, they have just such a great design. Uh, they teach you how to solve the puzzles, but still challenging you. You feel smart once you have solved one of those puzzles, and that is a great feeling. Um, and not to mention the amazing writing and performances. The songs in, that, in those games are great. Ellen McLean is GLaDOS, um, Stephen Merchant is Wheatley, and J.K. Simmons is Cave Johnson, especially J.K. Simmons, uh, especially Make Portal 2 great. And also has the best video game interface-breaking joke ever. The jump thing? No, oh, well, that, I was going to say the, uh, the part where he kills you. Oh, yeah. This is no, the part, where, is the part where, he, where he kills you. Hello, this is the part where I kill you. Chapter 12, the part where he kills you. Achievement yeah. unlocked, the part where he kills you. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really like, like, it was great. And then when the achievement popped up, I was like, all right, this is this is just wonderful. The dialogue in Portal 2 alone puts yeah. it in my honorable mentions of a top five. Like, yeah. It's just such a great game. And I love the beginning. It just starts off with with that jump thing where... He's like, I want you to yes. say Apple. Oh, what you're doing is jumping. I want you to say Apple. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that is great. Everything about that game. Uh, the When he's telling <laughs> the, the supernatural, the ghost story, it's not supernatural at all. It was just, but he's telling it like a ghost story. I am. Yeah. <laughs> this could just be uh, tell portal jokes all day, but I am going to move on. Um, okay, so <clears throat> next on my list, I have. Metroid Zero Mission. 
I very well could have picked Super Metroid because, I mean, it is probably objectively the better game, but I've actually only played that game to completion probably three times. Uh, I came to that, I came to the Metroid series very late in life. My, my first Metroid games, I got Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion for Christmas uh, the same year. So I came to Metroid very late. So I didn't play Super Metroid until it was on the, um, um, the, um, the virtual console. Um, but I've played it since then on virtual console. I just played it again. I just finished up like a week ago on my uh, Super NES Classic. Um, but Metroid Zero Mission, that's what I'm actually talking about. I probably played that game a hundred times. I have played through it so many times that even though it holds your hand more than probably any other Metroid game except for Fusion, um, I can't even play it in order anymore because I have got, I've done so much sequence breaking. I like to play the game where I finish it in like an hour and a half and I only have not even like the energy tanks. I have like half the regular power-ups. Like I've beaten the game without getting like the long shot or the charge shot, one of those. And, you know, so I've just played that in as many like combinations I can and I love it. I And I think it being on a handheld made it very easy for me to just keep going back to that game. That one plays like an actual Metroidvania, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. it does. It's not discrete levels like Fusion was. Like you can, like it does like you have to get, while you're playing, you will get in these Trezo statues and I'll show you on the map where you should be going next, but you can completely ignore it if you know, like, if you can, like, master, like, the bomb jumps and the shine sparks and everything. You can Dude, really you should totally try to get into the randomizer. Have You've heard of the randomizer, Yeah, you, right? Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, if you also enjoy the Metroid games, you've heard me talk about on this show before the Link to the Past randomizer. There's also a Super Metroid randomizer that the concept is exactly the same as the Link to the Past one, where all of the power-ups are shuffled and you have to try to puzzle together where you need to go in the world to get everything. There's even a combination game that takes the Link to the Past randomizer and the Super Metroid randomizer and it smushes them together. And there are houses in Hyrule that you go through the door of and it takes you into the Metroid world and back and forth. And some of the Zelda power-ups live in the Metroid world, and some of those power-ups live in the Zelda world. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But y'all should look it up. Anyway. All right, moving on. I got, two <laughs> more, I got two more games to talk about. I know. Um, Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Aside from Breath of the Wild, which you know might take its spot, uh, that is my favorite Zelda game. I know that's also sort of a controversial take. I know everyone loves Ocarina. I love Ocarina too, but the fact that I got that game in sixth grade and didn't meet the water temple until I was in college kind of dampers it a little bit. Um, but Wind Waker, I love the art in that game. I love the music. Again, uh, like even just the opening scene where it's telling the, the legend of the hero of time on, uh, on the tapestries and then the, the violin comes in uh, playing the main theme when the hero shows up. Like, that's so great. Um, I love the story in that game. Uh, it is the absolute best version of Ganondorf as a character in that game. Like his characterization and story throughout that game is great. Um, and it has so many great moments. Like when you find Hyrule Castle for the first time under the ocean, it's just incredible. Uh, I love that how it has like this happy cartoon exterior with this undercurrent of tragedy and melancholy just below the surface. Um, and also it has the best, most underrated Zelda uh, character of all time, Salvatore, who is the guy uh, in the shop on um, on one of the islands that has like the squid 
battleship game where he tells the story like he paints these pictures and he holds them up and plays different characters while he's uh um like talking you through the game if you don't know what i'm talking about you need to go play wind waker but i i just looked him up yeah he's a guy that goes Sploosh, kaboom like when you're like when you're playing the the battleship game like, oh yeah yeah I remember yeah. him from the the brief interaction I had. Yeah, because like you walk in and he's just like, "Oh, you want to play the game? Okay." <clears throat> and then all of a sudden he pulls up this uh this thing and he's like a little girl on the island. He's like, "Help us! Help us! We're being attacked!" And he's like this this French pirate, and it's just ridiculous. Uh, and then um, for the uh, my last of my top five, uh, this probably will not come as a surprise. Um, <laughs> Oh, there, yeah, yeah. there he is. I can get some things on my stream working. I, I don't know if I use the right hand or not. Uh, it's going to be real embarrassing if I'm holding up the wrong... Nope, I held the wrong hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this on a delay. So um, Anyway, so the number one game, uh, I put Super Smash Brothers. I just said in general because I have just played whatever the new one is. Uh, that's going to be what I play the most. But always my most anticipated game. I've played so much of every single iteration going all the way back to the N64 when my brother and I played that all the time with our neighbors growing up. And then, um, and then of course, Melee, we played all the time. And then when I got to college, uh, I mean, and especially one of my friends, we would play Melee and then, um, and then when Brawl came out, we switched over to Brawl and we used, I used to go over to this guy's apartment and we'd be playing until like four o'clock in the morning. And I, you have to go back to my dorm and the birds would be chirping and I would not regret it at all. Uh, and I am so excited for ultimate, um, if only for Ridley, but the fact that they're bringing in all the characters, you know, that's real exciting. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I know it's not likely, but I really, really, really am hoping that Banjo and Kazooie make it in. Um, but I mean, that game, I mean, aside from it just being so much fun with all the nostalgia, throwing all these different characters together, like the fact that we have Simon Belmont and Mega Man and, solid snake in the same game with mario and pikachu i know is one thing but i mean uh masahiro sakurai is such a genius like he is such attention to detail mega man in particular i mean he feels just like you put him pulled him out of mega man 2 dropped him into the game like he jumps the same way he moves the same way like there are youtube videos i don't know if you've ever seen this i was like here's where this character's idol animation comes from and it's like a reference to like some obscure arcade like the Mega Man movement in Smash Bros. is almost too much like his actual movement. Like, yeah. It's almost so out of the game's element that it's hard to get used to, which is why yeah. I absolutely suck as Mega Man. That he is not easy because like he is mm -hmm. he does feel so different. But you can do the little like toe move even that you could do in the NES. Uh -huh. so great. It's uh, weird, man. What what characters do you like to play as the most? Um, so for the uh, most recent one, I my Kind of rotations. I'll always start off with Bowser, then Mario, then Ganondorf. Uh, but I really like playing as Ike and uh, Mewtwo. I like a lot. I've got quite a few that I play off, but I would say Bowser, Mario, and Ganondorf are kind of like my three main ones. But it's changed over the course of the. You've the beaten years. me with all three of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the original game I played as Pikachu exclusively. Um, okay. You know, back when when the first one came out, I was in like fifth grade i want to say when when it came out and it was like i would always be pikachu my brother would always be kirby pretty much and that was that was it dude this guy right here this guy right here yeah. is fucking crazy with bowser 
I just want y'all to know that he's actually really good with Bowser. Like he, I've never seen Bowser played the way that Chris plays Bowser. I don't get it, man. He just walks all over you. I'm I don't like, know if I'm that good, but I'm beefing you up right now. I don't I, care how good you actually are. You whoop my ass it. every time you play Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I can actually pull off a spike with Bowser, it's 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 a good day. It does a shitload of damage. Yeah. I appreciate your list because of the amount of times that you said this is probably objectively not the best game, but I like this one a lot because that's like the whole idea of these top five games, right? Is to be what's important to you, right? I might be saying something blasphemous that Robbie would find, you know, because I'm sure Robbie with his analytical self would be like, no, this is the top game and that's it. But, you know, that's not... That's not what we do here, man. We want to know what's, what's important to you. Um, but talking about Smash, do you guys remember that weird PlayStation version of Smash that came out? Oh, gosh. Like, the PlayStation All-Stars thing with, like, uh, with Crash like, Bandicoot? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that yeah. just the weirdest failed experiment ever? Oh, yeah, man. No, I, I never actually played that one. The, the one thing I thought that was kind of neat about it, and I would not really want to see Smash Brothers do this, but how the stages were like mashups of different games. I thought that was a really neat thing that they did. But, you know, that's, again, I, full disclosure, I grew up, I am very much a Nintendo guy. I, I mean, I like other systems, but growing up, I only ever had Nintendo systems. Um, it wasn't until I was in college that my brother got a 360, and that didn't do me any good because I was in Florida going to college and he was in New Jersey. Uh, so I'd play it when I'd come home. That was like, I played Bioshock over like my Christmas break, you know, but I did eventually get that, that 360 became mine when I pretty much only used it for Bioshock, Arkham Asylum and NCAA football. And that was pretty much it. Um, I'm hoping to get a PS4. Um, we've been talking about Black Friday, seeing what deals there are. Because Dude, there are, there are <laughs> a few games that you need to play on PS4 right now. You need to play Spider-Man. Yeah. You need yeah. to play God of War. Yes, um, I've heard very good things about that. And one. everything that's pointing to Red Dead Redemption 2 right now points to that being another one of these games that's just yeah in its own. Which is, it's insane that we can keep doing this every year where we go, there's no way we're going to have a year like this. Like last year, we were like, we got Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild in the same year. Yeah. And somehow we have a year where we have God of War, Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2 all coming out in the same year. Like, how how do these things keep happening over and over again? Or we get we keep topping ourselves over and over. Games just keep getting time. better, man. It's a good time to like video games. It really, it really is. Yeah. But um, I also want to hear about what you guys have been playing. So we'll start with you, Peaches. What have you been playing? Um, and maybe I can guess this a little bit. You've been playing a little bit of uh, a little bit yeah, of Mario. You, you guess what I've been playing. Go ahead. <laughs> you play a little bit of Mario. You finished Bendy in the Ink Machine. Um, you played Octopath Traveler. All right. I don't know what else you played. <laughs> Eduardo, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> nailed I it i beat uh, it. i beat super gracie world last stream um and yeah we beat we beat chapter four of bendy and the ink machine chapter five comes out in like 10 days so i'm looking forward to that and then uh i actually wanted to talk to you about octopath traveler because i was playing it the last few days um you know the advanced job bosses that are like really extra hard? Yeah. I told you that one time in my first save of the game, I got to it. I spent like 40 minutes on the boss and then he basically one shot my whole team. 
I went back with my new save file, like 20 levels higher than I was when I died mm -hmm. and absolutely obliterated him. I found this strategy where you make Cyrus, um, if you beat the sorcerer, he's one of the advanced job classes. You can make Cyrus a scholar, which is his default, a scholar sorcerer. And if you Dumbledore. give him the right back, yeah, right. If you give him the right um, skills, you do like um, double damage, but it also costs twice the amount of mana essentially for your skills. Um, when you charge your skills, they do more damage, etc. If you do all the right things, I hit the boss without breaking them for three hits straight of 60,000 damage. <laughs> Just boom, boom, boom. And then if you cast the right spell on Cyrus, he will mimic his own spell and do it three more times. So I beat the other three of those bosses in essentially one hit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It got real nasty for them. Yeah, get, Gumby's right. We played uh, like three matches of Realm Royale. Yeah, Realm that's Royale correct. is kind of okay again, which is really strange because it was really awful for a while. Which is really, it's funny we're talking about it like this way because Chris just downloaded it, and we're yeah. like, man, Realm Royale really sucked for a while. But yeah. it's actually well, really downloaded it at from... the right time. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty good right now. So uh, yeah. get psyched. We're gonna play a few after uh, a few games after the stream. So or after yeah. the after the show. If you guys have been like on this Realm Royale journey with us, if we were to put how good it is versus, you know, over time on a, on a graph, it would be all over the place. Like yeah. it'd just be the waviest, weirdest line you've ever seen. Uh, and right now it's kind of back to being playable. Uh, they've made it so in squads, if you find like most of the chests that you find, um, every single person in your group can open that chest for themselves. So right. if I go up and I open the chest, it's still available to Chris and it's still available to Eduardo. And we all get loot that we can all pick up out of every version of that chest. So like, there's not really a good reason to split up anymore. Um, and you can totally customize your character, but the classes still have passive abilities. So it's kind of like a mix of what they've been going for. And I think they took all of the... Um, I think they took all of the automatic weapons. Yeah, the automatic weapons out of the game. I think yep. it's all like um, projectile, the, single shot, projectiles. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a bit of an improvement. I also played. I'm done after this one because you nailed all the three things that I do every single <laughs> week. Uh, I also played a little bit of Darkest Dungeon. Have you guys heard of Darkest Dungeon? I've heard. I've heard it's really hard, yeah. but I haven't played it. Yeah, so I was watching um, one of the streamers in Monstrosities with us, uh, Chumblago. I was watching him like a week and a half ago, and he was playing Darkest Dungeon. It's basically like, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what, what styles to compare, compare to. You can hear an echo right now? Yes, give me one second to restart this thing. Hold on. All right, we should be back. All right, cool. Right. Look, I'm subscribed to my own channel. That's kind of <laughs> cool. Hey, uh, okay. So I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than it literally is a dungeon crawler. Like you have this grid 
the map is like a grid and you can kind of sometimes you can see treasures in the different rooms of the dungeon so you can kind of get an idea of what way you want to go but the game is like intentionally really rude to your characters like they they find traps and they get you know trapped in them and when enemies attack them they get stressed out and after the dungeon is done they like have basically PTSD where they remember things about the dungeon and you know I had a crusader that was at the front of the battle and he got hit by a werewolf six times and because he got hit by a werewolf six times now he's afraid of beasts so now in every other dungeon that you go into with that crusader beasts do more damage to him because he's afraid of them and like those things carry on and you can cure those things but you have to like intentionally not take them on your next mission and spend money to cure their their fears and all that sort of thing. It's like the therapist. And the- it, yeah, it's like a really cool spin on Dungeons and Dragons in a way where you're playing all the characters, um, and it's like Cthulhu Lovecrafty themed. So I recommend it. It's fun. It's on sale, I believe, right now on the Switch. It's like and eight bucks. I've seen it on sale on Switch multiple times. Like I see yeah, it there so. on the sale because I always check the Switch deals just to see what's going on. Um, but I see it there pretty often, so maybe we'll pick it up. Chris, what is what's uh, what's on your playlist? All right, well, so Undertale just came out on the Switch, so of course I've been playing Earthbound. Um, <laughs> I've actually never played Earthbound before, so I've got it on the SNES Classic. So I'm like, you know, let's uh, let's actually use this to play something. Besides the games that I played growing up, let's sure. uh, let's try something new. So uh, I've been just pretty much started that one. I was big into Hollow Knight. I got to get back into that one. I'm like in very much the end game now. That game was amazing. If you if you're into Metroidvanias at all, I highly recommend it. Um, oh, have you heard of uh, Wand- uh, Wander Song? No, no. That is it's it just came out. I think about a week ago. Uh, it's kind of a puzzle platformer. Uh, it's not incredibly hard or anything, but it has this really cool visual style. It looks like it's all done with like paper cutouts and it has just this great sense of humor and I really love it so far. You play as this bard and you solve all the puzzles. Uh, you have to save the world, but you do it all by singing like the right stick. <laughs> um, you point it in eight directions and it's the eight different notes. And like I have sung songs to uh, uh, communicate with ghosts uh, I had to put together a band in one town, um, and it's it's just got like great characters. The uh, the sense of humor, like I said, it's just this very offbeat. Uh, so I really recommend it. Like I said, it just came out. It's available on the Switch, and I think on PC as well. What's that called? Uh, Wander Song. Wander Song. Yeah. Want to look right. it up? I mean, keep talking. I'm just yeah. looking at it. Oh, and then uh, actually inspired by uh, by Peach's streaming, uh, Angela the other day was like, I want to play Mario World. So we've been playing Mario World together. Uh, it's, it's been fun. A Kaizo Mario World? Uh, no, just the regular kind. Just <laughs> Learn to Kaizo? Come on. <laughs> I, I do. I am intrigued by that. I would like to try that at some point. Yo, you were saying when I was when I was playing one of them the other day, you were like, you know what? I actually think I could beat that level. And I was like, this is how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, let me see. Let me see. I, like it, it was mostly just spin jumping. I can do that, right? Well, well, I'll <laughs> let you in on a secret. Gumby has been kind of talking to me about something similar and maybe possibly getting started with Kaizo stuff. So there we if go. you want to do that too, let me know because... The one thing I'll say about Kaizo is that playing it 
um, with an emulation is not intuitive at all. Um, the guys at supermariocentral.net are really cool, but the instruction on how to get started actually playing a game is very minimal. So yeah. if you guys want to do that and you need help setting it up, let me know because I'm just geeked about the possibility. Yeah. Well, uh, stay tuned. Hi, Princess. Hi. Oh, wait. Hi. You mean bad princess. Yeah, I was talking to Princess Peach. It's not uh, Princess Eduardo. <laughs> Damn. I don't call you Princess anymore. Not since Hello, the incident. Princess. <laughs> uh, I, speaking of Metroidvanias, have finally oh. started playing Guacamelee. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually almost through. I'm almost through uh, through that game. Actually, it's fantastic. The, the first one or the second one? The first one. I got yeah, it on oh. a Wicked Steam sale like almost a year ago, and I got it for like a buck fifty. And I have been powering through it on my uh, my off time. And I I want to say that it's the, the game that I'm falling in love with most right now. But there are two other things that I'm playing right now that are taking precedent. And I need to talk about them individually. The first one I'm going to talk about here. The second one I'm going to talk about when we talk about the news. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Gwent. So I am full steam ahead back into Gwent. Now, I don't know if, uh, Chris, you're familiar with what Gwent is. So, nope. so have, do you know what the Witcher series is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Witcher in The Witcher 3, there is a subsect of the game... The game is gigantic, but there's a part of the game where you can just play this game called Gwent with anyone, and it's a card battling game. The game oh. was so popular that they created a standalone version of the game, and it has been in beta for, I think, two years. Peaches and I have both played it. I have played significantly more. Um, when you sign in on God Galaxy, it tells you how long you've played, and apparently I've played 45 hours of Gwent, and I don't know where that time came from <laughs> but i have played way too much gwent um dang man but the game is um on tuesday coming up the game is finally coming out of open or open beta and coming out as like the first product <coughs> it's called gwent homecoming and they are changing almost everything about the game it is changing in a bunch of different ways and then it's releasing with a 30 dollars standalone um like single player game called um gwent, gwent uh Thronebreaker. and it, in it you're basically playing this queen and you play little missions every encounter that you have is essentially a game of gwent um alongside the free-to-play multiplayer game of Gwent. And all of these things just have me so, so, so excited. I'm going to start streaming <laughs> Gwent. Like, it's going to be all Gwent all the time. I am so psyched. Um, Eduardo's coming back to the stream world. It's going to happen. Gwent is going to make me do it. I always, you know, I always thought I... I don't think I would do well as a variety streamer because the way that I am as a person, I'm just kind of obsessive and I play one thing and I play it a lot. Like I will just play this one thing over and over and over again. And um, when you talk about me as a gamer, um, when I think of all the things that I did, when you were playing Mario games, when you were playing um, all of your Nintendo games, I was playing card games. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! I played Magic the Gathering. I played Pokemon. I played lots of other different weird card games. Um, and I played Hearthstone when when it started getting big. And just card games to me just do... There's something else. Like I, I, They click with me in a way that other games don't. And so Gwent is really exciting because it's not like your traditional card games where you're attacking each other. But it's... Um, it's much more complicated. I, I would say the barrier for entry is a lot higher. Peaches, you, you've you played it. Um, what do you think about like it compared to other card games? 
First, I want to say that uh, I enjoy that you referred to me, like not specifically, but like by proxy as a variety streamer. Uh, when you know damn well that 99% of my streams these days are Kaizo Mario. Yeah, but you do play other stuff from time to time. I which, I, which, you know what? That'll probably be the way mine is too. I'll play Gwent I, I 80% really of the time. I try really hard to not play the same thing all the time. And then most of the time when I want to stream, I'm like, damn, I got to beat that level, you guys. Like, I have to beat that level. There are different Kaizo Marios, though. There are. There's. Yeah. A, it's a different game yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. So, no, I like Gwent a lot. Gwent is. Um, it's definitely a weird take on a card game. It doesn't necessarily feel like a card game, but it doesn't not feel like a card game at the same time. It's just unique. Um, it 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 definitely sets itself apart as a mini game that you want to spend time playing. Um, which is, I'm glad that they took it out of The Witcher because I've never played The Witcher and I'm scared to get invested in it because it's huge. Yep. Um, but they ported the card game out, which allowed me to enjoy it. Um, I mean, it kind of, the way that you feel about Gwent kind of reminds me how I feel about Triple Triad from Final Fantasy VIII. So, um, but Triple Triad is way more like standard base card game rules where Gwent is like, yeah, it's it's a card game, but also like it's really extra strategic. I right. Think. So to give you a little brief description, Chris, um, essentially the way you play the game is you get a starting hand and there are three rounds and the first to win two rounds wins. You never draw any more cards until a round is over. Um, and every card has a point value associated with it. Whoever has the most points at the end of a round wins. All of that sounds super simple. It's yeah. not. <laughs> Play one round of Gwent and you will realize how not simple any of that is. Uh, there is so much strategy. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm just trying to convince you to play because I'm trying to convince everybody to play because I'm just so psyched for it. I've already pre-ordered the standalone thing and I'm going to be playing it day one. Um, but I'm going to have a fun time and I want everybody yeah. to join me with it. Um, but enough about me gushing about Gwent. Let's, <laughs> let's move gushing. on. And talk about <laughs> what's been happening in the world of games. Oh. <laughs> Waluigi time. Waluigi time is right, guys. Waluigi time. <laughs> guys, uh, game streaming is here. And now, for those of you in the crowds that are like, but Eduardo, game streaming has been around for a while. You know, PlayStation now. No, not like this. So Google announced its own streaming um, service. Um, and it's called Project Stream. It will. It's currently in beta streaming um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, shortly after Xbox announced its own streaming service, they didn't announce any of the games or how it would work, but they said that it was going to be on your phone as well as your computer and a lot of other systems. Now, we can talk about this on a very surface level right now, but last night there was a development to this story that Pete just knows about, but Chris doesn't. Um, Eduardo here got access to the Project Stream beta and yesterday pulled open a window of Google Chrome, typed in his password, and then boom, I was playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It is... uh, What's your account name and password? (laughs) Yeah. So the people know you're legit about this, like you're not making the story up. Check me. Verify this. Follow me on Instagram (laughs) and you'll see I took videos of it. Um, But... Oh, okay. Password? 
<laughs> it is the most insane thing I have ever seen. It's the, I, I, it's the future of video games. Um, there's no way that video games aren't going to all go in this direction. And it's, it's crazy. Like, you have to experience it yourself. I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I wanted to prove it as a proof of concept because my computer, you know, I've paid decent money for it. I built it myself. I have a graphic, a good graphics card in here. I've got a decent processor, eh, but I've got good RAM. Who cares? Um, but basically, basically, like, I have... Your RAM exists? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I've got a gaming PC, right? So some, maybe someone would be like, well, you've got a gaming PC anyway. Of course this will run. So I was sitting at my desk at work and just decided I'm not on a call right now. So I just went over to Google and pulled it up at work and then played a minute or two of Assassin's Creed Odyssey at work. And we're not talking some sort of downgraded version. We're talking 1080p, 60 frames per second, precise movements. It's it's insane. It's next level. It's the future. That's impressive. The distant future. No, I'm... The distant future. The year 2000. Welcome uh, to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> the Flight of the Concords fans out there, it's cool. Oh, I just got what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. That reference kind of went. Zero, 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 <laughs> I caught it eventually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It was a boomerang. It came back to you. Yeah, yeah. So does your company know that you were playing Assassin's <laughs> no. Creed Odyssey? No, they do not. No, they do not. Hopefully none of them listen to the show, which I don't think they do. Um, uh, but no, they have no idea. Um, you don't walk around going, hey, listen to my podcast. You'll never <laughs> believe what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do not. I do not. I do not. Hey, that work part, don't worry about that. That's a lie. That was yeah. for the show. <laughs> you um, can't prove it. Right. But but what do you guys think? Do you think this is like say we have I if if you're gonna ask me I would say <clears throat> excuse me in ten years that's where we head I see we see I see excuse me we see I see an era in which you sit down on a computer you boot up your smart TV you open up your your Google streaming video game service and you have your Bluetooth connect uh, controller that you hook up to your TV and that's how you play video games I think consoles will eventually fade out and I you know the only console that I think will still be around. The Nintendo Switch? The Nintendo Switch. Because it's the only <laughs> console... Well, it's the only console that makes sense because it has another purpose, right? It's, the, yeah, it's you can play that on an airplane. Right, and that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, now I, I don't know if consoles are going to go away completely, but um, I definitely think that streaming is going to be a bigger and bigger part of it. Um, I mean, definitely the pros of the streaming thing that I can see is that, I mean, for people who can't afford consoles or can't afford having a fancy PC, they're all of a sudden, they're going to have access to so much more, uh, which is great. You know, so it's going to widen the audience even more. I mean, we've seen over the past several years how big the video game audience has become with, I mean, everyone has a tiny computer in their pocket now, so yep. no people game on that. Um And even more consoles are getting mainstream as well. So I think that's really going to make them accessible to people. Uh, who haven't had that access before. Another thing that I think is potentially exciting is that this could be a good way to preserve old games and make them accessible to people because that's something that the industry desperately needs. Oh, no. Eduardo's got but. <laughs> And he just bought the table. That's what that was. We back, fam. 
Yo, technology, Yo. we're sitting here talking <laughs> about nice things about technology and technology is failing us on all <laughs> levels today. We could be completely wrong then. Right. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what were you saying? Oh, I was going back to how this could be a great way to make old games accessible, like games that maybe haven't been available. Because, I mean, that's one of the things that drives me crazy about just video games in general is that, especially when they're tied to specific hardware, and then you can't, you know, maybe I want to actually give money to play this old NES game or something, and it's just not available. Uh, <laughs> is this just you telling me that you want the virtual console on the Switch? Because I'll be okay if that's what you're saying. I mean, that's kind of where I'm getting at. <laughs> but I think uh, even, even broader than that, though, is that, I mean, I mean, video games are still a relatively young medium. Uh, I mean, if you go back and I mean, think of, we have old movies, but a lot of those got lost. You know, like there were fires and, oh, now we just lost the only copy of this film or that. And I really think that gaming history needs to be preserved in some way and made accessible for people as well. And I think the streaming might be a good way to do that. Um, I know that's one of the reasons. I know that there are definitely pros and cons to, you know, the the tiny versions of consoles that you can plug in your TV or whatever. Um I'm a fan of them, if only because this is something I've talked about with one of my friends before, is that, you know, someday I might have kids and I would like them to play the games I played growing up. Uh, and having that is a great way to say, hey, so this is the controller. Here's Super Mario Brothers. Play it. Or here's Super Mario World. Or here's Legend of Zelda. And they can actually play it. And so that's great that, you know, now I have these 30 games or whatever, but I'm greedy. I want more. And I think that the streaming thing might be a great way to uh, bring that to people. Luckily for you, even if the future is not streaming, uh, Nintendo will continue to make a virtual console game of the same 45 games they always make a virtual console game on every system that they have from now until the company gets burned to the ground. Yeah, do you know how many times I bought Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> and I'm probably going to buy it again someday, too. Right. Yep. Yep. So you will always at least have mm -hmm. that in some way, I think. Yeah. yeah. It would just be more convenient the streaming way there's a yeah. big theory in games right now or in consoles right now that the next consoles are going to be a lot more stream focused where they're going to be less powered systems but are able to stream games more effectively so that'll be the way you play your games rather than you know off of a disc and oh, yeah. i mean yeah sorry you see that in uh, japan i think they have resident evil 7 cloud edition on switch what? where you're actually accessing the resident evil 7 game from the cloud through your switch and you what you do is like you pay for it for like a month's access and that's how you play the game that's interesting that's insane yeah. um, i mean i th i think uh, the last except for the switch because the switch is pretty new every other console that's come out the the latest generation of the of those consoles like they didn't come out when streaming like what we're doing right now streaming was as popularized as it is now right. like streaming is big to the point where like the nfl i don't know if you guys know this the nfl is is about to start streaming thursday night games on twitch yeah and there's gonna be like if you're in the chat when when those games are going on there's gonna be like giveaways and games that you can play while the game is playing like twitch is being used and other streaming services are, are being used a lot more and they're coming to light a lot faster than they used to and i think um, consoles eventually going the way of, well, let's make it really easy streaming all kinds of ways, not just like you don't have to buy the game. Like how can we make a console that has a seamless UI so that peaches can go buy this console 
and he doesn't have to set anything up on his computer or, and it's still in great quality and he still has the interface where he can chat with people. Like PlayStation has an okay interface, but you can't do a lot with it. Like everybody's stock interface on PlayStation looks exactly the same. So you have to get a capture card if you want to do anything with it. But regardless, I think that, that companies are taking steps to make this, what we're doing now streaming also part of the future. Yeah. I think with video games in general, and you touched on this a little bit, um, but I think in video games in general and electronics in general, we're reaching a point where fidelity is starting to plateau, graphical fidelity is starting to plateau, and convenience and ease of access is starting to become the main focus. Take graphics in general right now. I don't think there's a main of a focus as they used to be, right? Sure, you have some games that are just absolutely gorgeous, but you can still pick up a cell phone and pop open Fortnite and play the exact same game you play on your PlayStation or TV or, I'm not TV, or your computer or your Switch or any other system. So I think people care less about graphics and care more about that that ease of access, right? That ease of entry. And part of that has to do with the wide-scoped audience that video games have now. I agree. Definitely. Now, I think that there always are going to be people who want to own their games. Uh, I mean, this is kind of the similar problem we're having, like, with... Oh, there Andy. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is the is like, what's going on here? Um, no, but yeah, because I don't know. I'm going to mess up this story, but I know that something is happening with iTunes in a couple of years where you're not going to actually own... I mean, you never actually owned your music if you really read the end-user license agreement and it's kind of ridiculous and it's no one has read that yeah (laughs) no one's ever read that yeah so so i mean i definitely think that there will always be a market for people who say i want to buy this game and i want to have a physical copy of this game so i can just plug it in and know that it is mine and that one day the server is going to be shut down and i can't play it anymore you know so i so i don't think it's going to go completely away but i think you're right where it's going to be a bigger and bigger thing just like how net Netflix and Hulu and all that are bigger for movies and TV shows now where it's like, yeah, you can go and buy the movie, but chances are it's streaming on Netflix as well. So yeah, I'll watch it until one day Netflix decides, and we're not renewing that license anymore. Uh, so sorry if you wanted to watch, watch you know, Parks and Rec. I'm thinking about games that that would suck extra hard for, like games that you aren't, aren't like arcade style. Like if that happened with something like Rocket League, we're like, hey, we're playing Rocket League for a while. Oh, it's gone. Okay, I can't uh-huh. play Rocket League. Whereas, like, I'm playing Final Fantasy and I've gotten, like, halfway through the story and then they're like, hey, by the way, uh, Games Flicks is taking Final Fantasy yeah. off, of, <laughs> off of the service, so you better wrap it up. And I'd, I'd be like, no. I mean, that would kind of force you to have to go buy it, right? But yeah, will that be an option? Right. Would you be able to carry over your progress? And yeah, will they even sell it? Who knows? The world may never know. Yeah. Uh, so... We're going to talk a little bit more about Fortnite and sort of their their multiplayerness and and being able to play it on all these different other uh, systems here a little later. But let's move on to our next story, which has to do with Red Dead Redemption Two. We've talked about it a little bit um, earlier in the show. It, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, but there was a a tweet 
put out was it a tweet or was it just a comment I think it was just a comment put out by the um, one of the creators or one of the directors of games there and he said that they're putting in you know 100 hour work weeks uh, you know it might have been a little semantically it might have been a little like um you know, he was just kind of talking, you know, like, we're working really hard, we're putting in 100-hour weeks, but people got real mad about it. Real mad. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I think people are um, people are really justified in their anger, because I don't know if you guys know about the Telltale games and... Um, oh, yes. And all of the layoffs of the Telltale games. My dog says hi. And all the layouts of the Telltale games... Um, and all of that that's been happening, but there's definitely a level of volatility currently in the video game design and creation market and, and, and in that sort of job sphere. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's I think people are justified with how they're how upset they were. Now, the director, whoever he was, did definitely go back and be like, we don't actually mean that, but people are just working really hard. Yeah, that's kind of like a weird it's a weird time for that kind of hyperbole. You know, yeah. like they they know current events, kind of what's happening right now. Eduardo's dying for a second, so I'll I'll uh, pick this up. <laughs> He's just in the middle of <clears throat> coughing up a lung. Um, I don't know, and I don't even know if if they were being honest about that. Like, I don't know if I want people spending a hundred hours a week working on a video game. Like, let's think about this for a second. Yeah. Do you want something that you think you're going to care about a lot or you expect to care about a lot to feel like it was rushed at any point? Because if you're working 100 hours a week, eventually the quality of that person's work, no matter how awesome they are, it's going to deteriorate. Like you cannot work 100 hours a week at 100% capacity. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> this kind of weirdly ties in with my feelings on like Kingdom Hearts 3 even. Because, yeah, they've delayed Kingdom Hearts 3 like it's their job to delay it for the last <laughs> forever. But is the game not ready to go? Because if they're going to give us a game that's only 75% quality, I'd rather them take the extra time and do yeah. it. So I think, like, even if they were serious, I hope they weren't serious about it because that's as far as the gaming community goes, I might end up being disappointed with the product. Yeah. You just reminded me of uh, uh, a Shigeru Miyamoto quote that I really like. That's a delayed game is eventually good. A rushed game is bad forever. Right. Like, just delay it at that point. Cause I mean, if they are, cause I mean, crunch is a real thing in tech in developing and in video games, especially. And, you know, as I get older, you know, you start to think about, you know, what are your priorities in life and you need a work life balance and, I think I saw 100 hours a week averages out to 14 hour days, seven days a week, something like that, which is just ridiculous. That's um, gross. Yeah, not to get into a, uh, a thorny issue, but I mean, there is a lot of talk about game developers unionizing because of stuff like with Telltale or with this, where there, there needs to be some kind of, uh, you know, give and take with, with the leadership because I mean, it's the executives, you know, they're never, you know, if the game comes out and it's bad, who's going to get laid off, not the executives. Right. It's going to right. be the people that work with us for a hundred hours a week. Right. You know, and you know, you see people saying, you know, what are we going to do? Well, should I boycott the game? Well, no, because guess what? The developers, the bonuses are based on how well the game is selling. Right. So, and at some point you have to draw the line in the sand because like you said, it's better to delay it and have a good game. If you put your game out there and you rushed it and only 60% of the people you expected to pay for that game, pay for that game, 
and then they start dropping off because the game's not good. You can patch it all you want. You can make expansions all you want. It's not going to recover as well Yeah. as if you just release the game in top quality. And you can patch the little things because there's no, I don't think there's a game on the planet anymore that can't be patched in 2018. Yeah. Like you can patch the game. I mean, look what they did with No Man's Sky. That game came out and it wasn't what people were expecting. And then finally a year later, like, well, here's the patch. Here's what you all want in the first place. So just delay it that long for, you know. Right. And, and I know that there are business concerns with maybe they can't delay a game because of investors or whatever. So I know that there are, are a lot of, you know, mitigating factors to that as well, but. Yeah, I yeah. I don't mind waiting, you know, another however many months. I don't need it right now. There are a million other games I haven't finished yet, so I'm still you expecting preach. Kingdom Hearts three to take another two years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't have time to play all the games that I have like on my list. Like I need to like take it like a small vacation and just play all the games that I have like on backlog. Um but God knows I'm not gonna even have time for that. Um but no, I feel that and I understand where the game companies come from in a lot of ways and you know they're a business and they did their their bottom line is at the end of the day to make money and and sort of the business side of it but it also is like i think video game people that enjoy video games are starting to find their voice and i think they're starting to make their voice heard and they're making their voice heard in a lot of ways i mean take gummies in the gummies in the chat but take destiny too right destiny is not in the same state it was when the first game came out and it has to do with the business practices of the game and in a lot of ways the business practices of what your developers are doing are almost just as important as the game itself so if you're if your your studio isn't up to those practices you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that in the community, and the community is going to voice their opinion, and a lot of the times they're going to vote with their wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Gumby's like, it got good. <laughs> yeah, but at what price? <laughs> at what price? After the $60 and then the $20 and then the $20 and then the other $40? So it took, and if my math's not correct here, $140 for Hold Destiny on. 2. You got it. Oh. <laughs> for Destiny 2 to get good, right? But I won't stand on that soapbox for too long. And some tears. tears. (laughs) I won't stand on that soapbox for too long. The last little news bit is honestly just for fun. Um, I I want everybody to know this pun that I put in there because I was really proud of myself for the pun just in general. Um, But I linked to an article where... um, there's a mod where they made the Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild where they made Link um, look like Bowsette. And my my notes in the show notes said surprise Link. Pun intended. You get it? Because it was a surprise Link because he's not actually... We didn't expect that hyperlink. And also <laughs> it's about the, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which features the hero of Hyrule called Link. But it's not Link. Surprisingly, it's someone else. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Surprise. Surprise. Uh, just in case anyone out there doesn't know what Bowsette is. Oh, yes. Please, rock. please, Chris, uh, as our resident that. Nintendo expert, oh, God, let us yeah, know so. what, what this whole Bowsette Because honestly, I don't fully understand it. I have seen the memes. But I don't think I... <laughs> like, my head has not wrapped around it. So I need you to educate uh, me on who Bowsette is and what's going so it, on. 
at the recent during the recent Nintendo Direct, uh, they announced that New Super Mario Brothers U is going to be brought to the Nintendo Switch because eventually every game will be on the Nintendo Switch. Um, especially all the Wii U games that nobody played because only five of us ever got a Wii U. Um, so, I'm one of the five. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah. I know so many people that actually bought a Wii U. I know like three people that all <laughs> bought a Wii U. That's insane. That's like, yeah. I should you go buy a lottery ticket. The, <laughs> you know, sixty percent of the consumer base. <laughs> Personally, we play Smash on Thursdays. It's great. No, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. So about so one of the new items. So what? What? One of the ways they mixed up is that in the original New Super Mario Brothers U, you could play as Mario, Luigi, and then I think two Toads. I think it was. Um, so in this one, one of the characters you'll be able to play as instead of a regular Toad is Toadette. And she gets a special power-up. And it is a crown mushroom or royal mushroom or something like that. And when she gets it, she actually turns into what they call Peachette. Or it's, she's pretty much Princess Peach, but she has like a little special hat. And she's colored a little bit differently to match sort of Toadette's palette. And has, a, has the, um, the, you know, some of the moves of Princess Peach. So Peachette... And that obviously raised the question of what if other characters were to eat this kind of mushroom? Would they also turn into a, a version of Peach? So naturally the conclusion that was drawn was, well, if Bowser took one of these mushrooms, he would turn into Bowsette. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's like Peach, but she's got like a spiky shell and kind of looks like goth punk sort of thing going on. Uh, so yeah, so that that's Bowsette. And I want to know what would happen if Peach were to... <laughs> uh, uh, what happened if Peach were to have this mushroom? Or Peaches, if you were to eat this mushroom, would you turn this Peaches? Is that what would peaches, happen? Peaches, Peaches, it. Yeah, it'd be. I'm trying. It would look just like, like uh, it would look just like Peach, but she'd be bald. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no. I'm sorry, princess. No. <laughs> I'm trying to find since I've been throwing all these PNGs of characters we've been talking about near our our cameras. Yeah. Since my alert box isn't working and I'm like angsty about it, uh, I'm trying to find a stream appropriate PNG image of Bowsette. And let me yeah. tell you, turn on strict safe search, man. It is not working. It is not working. The internet is a disgusting, disgusting place, I, and I'm I love it. <laughs> to show the people, there's not, there's nothing. I mean, I'm not. It's not like pornographic, but it's just like. There's a lot of there's a lot going on in places, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you not see the um where they made the final boss of Super Mario Bros? Somebody modded that in, and it was uh, Bowsette. And there were some uh, physics <laughs> with that model. Some very questionable physics. I, wa- I watched the video and then I got surprised halfway through when the costume changed. I was like, oh, there's an alternate. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm like, going to just go ahead and say I'm not going to put a PNG <laughs> on the stream. That's My search is over. I'm done looking. Yeah, no, it's I probably safer that no way. No man should see. A point, a point was made in the chat uh, by someone who I may or may not be related to. Bowsette would be the name if Toadette ate a Bowser mushroom, which that actually raises a whole other set of questions. Wait, what? Are there... yeah, I'm so, so confused. So if Toadette eats a mushroom and turns into, and that turns into Peach, if she becomes Peachette, then it stands to reason that if she ate a mushroom that turned into Bowser, that would be Bowsette. Not Bowser Whoa. eating a Peach. 
But no, but then yeah, but then what? Because the et comes from Toadette. Yeah, but then but she would look. Wouldn't she look more like Bowser then? Because the reason that she looks like Peach. So then she yeah yeah, because Bowser ate a peach mushroom is what it is. So so yeah, it would be Peach Zer. Peach Zer. Bowser would be the Toadette version of Bowser, not a. Are you saying that the internet got what should have been the code name for? the character we know as Bowsette wrong? Yes. You're yes. saying that the internet got something wrong and at large they all agreed that the wrong thing was going to be the right thing, so they just went with it? Kind of okay. like... Okay, I'm going to need you to... Format. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Don't... don't this show's about video games. I'm going to need you to calm, I'm need you to calm down right now, sir. Yeah. I'm going to take my peanut butter and leave. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Team Hard Jeez. Hard G. Hey, you're invited. You're uninvited from the show, both of you. Oh no! Well, <laughs> what? We'll start our own show. Booze and hookers. <laughs> you know what? Screw the hookers. Ah, screw the whole thing. But now we're gonna we're, we're gonna go ahead and, and and jump into our main topic for today. Um, I wanted to talk about this because I um I'll give a little backstory about why we're talking about this. So, I have been wanting to play video games with my friends. And it has been a challenge to get lots of our friends together to all play video games. Um, Some of them have consoles, some of them have PCs, some of the PCs vary in strength. And then after all those, people have different preferences on what games they want to play. They want to play this kind of game, they want to play that kind of game. So getting my friends to all decide to all play a game together is a very difficult thing. There is one game that they can do it with, that everybody has access to, that literally everyone can play... But none of us like the game enough to play it for for too long of a sitting, and that game is Fortnite. Um, and so it Fortnite. got me thinking about the effect that Fortnite is having on multiplayer games as a whole. They're having a lot of really positive effects, like, for example, you can play it on literally anything, and you can play with literally anyone. Now that PlayStation has opened up, I played on my PC with Dennis on his PlayStation and Cody on his Xbox, and we all voice chatted in-game and could all play together. And it's insane. Um, what? Why did he say Fartnut? <laughs> Fartnut is the code name for Fortnite. There's oh, Fartnut. Right, 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 right. Fork knife. Other ones. Perfect Newton. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I like the, that one. Well, so this this want for to get my friends to play all, all play video games together got me thinking about the effect Fortnite's having, and in a lot of ways, it's doing positive things like bringing people together that like Fortnite. But what if you don't like Fortnite? What is it doing to multiplayer games other than Fortnite? Um, what is it doing to? Because I, I take a couple of years ago, before Fortnite existed, before games like that existed, um, you could probably convince someone, hey, download this game, let's play it, and a lot of them would be a lot more willing, I think. I think there'd be a lot more communities of games out there, but take Twitch, for example. 50% of the people watching Twitch right now are watching somebody play Fortnite. That's not an exaggeration. That is... Okay, maybe it's a little bit of an exaggeration. But that's... There's like 29%. Right, right. Um, they're all watching Fortnite, and that is an insane number and that's taking away from all those other multiplayer games out there so communities are shrinking and it's becoming more and more important to find other like-minded people to play games at you now i just threw a lot of information and talked of a lot of different points so whoever wants to start can talk about whatever they want uh, on the subject chris uh put his oh that's a nose goes peaches you're up (laughs) oh eduardo you're last Uh, nose goes (laughs) Ah, he's got to talk again. 
I don't know what to. What do you want me to talk about? Yeah, like, I don't know. How do I comment on it? All right. What, uh, first, I guess I, I guess let's start talking about the positives. What are the positive things yeah. that Fortnite is doing for video games? Uh, Sony to blink. That's uh, that's the big one. <laughs> Cross platforms the future, and they got Sony on board with it eventually because yep. they are apparently that powerful. Yep. <laughs> They're making a lot of money. They're teaching people carpentry. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a good opinion about Fortnite, man. I don't think that it's all that. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I actually like picked up some does. branches the other day, and then I pointed, and a wall wasn't built. So I don't think I've actually learned anything about building. Oh well, yeah. I haven't tried it. I just know that it yeah. can happen. That's all. Well, I don't need you to tell me that the game's a good game or not. I need you to tell me its effect yeah. on multiplayer games, right? Because it's it is having. I mean, we just talked about um, how Sony, who rolled, you know, who finally decided, you know what? After all these years, they're finally going to open up crossplay after being very hard on the stance that they were not going to do it. Um, Gummy so- brings up a good point. Fartnut Tutor is a real profession. <laughs> there are people that are training Fartnet. other people to play fartnut better. You want to be a better fartnutter? You get a tutor. Chris, Chris, what do you think? <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, there is just so many thing, like things we could talk about about Fortnite and its effect on multiplayer. First of all, uh, there's a the question of, did it just sort of capture lightning in a bottle? Uh, I mean, we assume it's making a lot of money, um, but it's making money in a way that is not as exploitive as, oh, say, Battlefront 2. Um, <laughs> you know, with loot boxes, it's every purchase is cosmetic. You could you could buy the game or you could download the game, not spend a cent, and have the exact same experience as everyone else, uh, just, you know, not get to dress up like a Viking. Or a Bowsette. Or a Bowsette. Or a Peacheser. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and like I said, I do think cross-platform is where we're going. And of course, that won't be possible for every game. There are going to be console exclusives, of course. But I mean, I remember I never used to get to play online with my friends because I didn't have an Xbox. I didn't have Xbox Live, and that's what everyone had now in his PlayStation. Uh, but now, of course, every game has their own, every system has their own online version now. But, you know, now I could play Fortnite on my Switch with my cousin who has it on Xbox. Uh, and we can play in the same game. And that's cool. You know, I think that is definitely a positive. Um, <clears throat> you know, and for Fortnite in particular, I think the reason that it sort of caught on so quickly is that, first of all, the idea of, you know, you versus 99 other people is fun. That's really exciting. And when the game's over, okay, I'll just drop in and start a new game because there's always a new full game waiting to go. Uh, so that that was unique. I mean, not counting... PUBG or anything else before that, but um, you know, and I think the other thing about it is, I'm not good at the building part of Fortnite, but I have still won before because there are so many different ways you can play it. So I think that it appeals to a, a broad audience there. So I think people are going to start trying to find new ways to make these broadly appealing multiplayer games, you know, just to, in an effort to get the next Fortnite. I, they're all just going to start making battle royales. But I, I am not saying this to brag, but the very the only game of Fortnite I have ever won is the very first game I ever played because wow. I spent the whole time like I was in Hunger Games, hiding like I was Rue from Hunger Games. I was yes. just hiding in trees and hiding in buildings, and I hid, 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 hid until it was one on one at the end. Uh-huh. I got lucky, and I I 
it had to have been luck because that's exactly the same way I won. I hid yeah. in a truck for most of the game, and as the thing was shrinking, I was like, "Okay, explosions are happening over there. I'm going to go this way instead." Yeah. Finally, they got down to three people. I watched one guy kill the other person, and then I was like, "All right, I guess I'm going in." And uh, I, I won by probably a good two seconds because I was in this box <laughs> where a trap was trying to kill me. So I don't know. But yeah, you can you can definitely play in different ways and have varying degrees of success. So I think that you know, appeals broadly. I've kind of lost what I'm saying now because the question was, how is this going to affect multiplayer? And I don't know, cross-platform. Oh, <laughs> I, I, on one hand, it's cool. Like, I like that. I wish it was for a game that I didn't dislike. But I like that on the one hand, you know, if I only have console A and you have console B and you have console C... Like we could all play it together, but I also am kind of scared that that's going to create a precedent that is going to be expected in the future. Like it will be cool if games in the future can follow this precedent, but you guys know this as well as I do. There are games that play insanely well with a keyboard and mouse that if someone handed you a controller and said, play the game with a controller, you wouldn't know what to do. And oh, even yeah. if you had time to learn the handheld controller controls, at the end of the day, your ceiling with the controller is considerably lower than your ceiling with the keyboard and mouse. Like, imagine trying to play Heroes of the Storm with a controller against somebody using keyboard and mouse. I, I don't yeah. want the precedent to be set that every single game, or the at least the most popular games need to be able to be played by all consoles all at the same time because I don't want to play on PC against people on a console in certain yeah. Well, I mean, as long as it's an option, I mean, I, and sure. not mandatory, because like in Fortnite, right. you can choose to play with just whoever else is playing on your system. Sure. So, but it's yeah, also you don't have right. a choice. If, if I'm PC and you're Xbox and he's oh, PlayStation, yeah. now I don't have a choice. Like I am subjecting you guys to the other PC players. Yeah, that, yep. that's true. And that's that's absolutely true. It's not I mean it's now not theoretical, it's actual, right? No. It's really <laughs> happening. I mean I mean and it's uh But you know that's there, I think that'll be the future of games. I think it, largely it's good, but we're going to get to the part that Peaches has been waiting for and we're going to talk about the negatives. <laughs> that Fortnite has been having on multiplayer games as a whole. Peaches, start us off. I know you got lots to say about negative things to say about Fortnite. So, what do you think the negatives are about, about the way Fortnite is, is transitioning and becoming, you know, this gigantic behemoth in multiplayer gaming? Oh, you want me to just shit on Fortnite? <laughs> I want you to shit on Fortnite specifically how it deals, how it's affecting other multiplayer games. I can tell you right now, and I'm not going to name drop anybody, but I can tell you right now that like Fortnite's popularity is so huge with some people that they won't play other games with me. Like there have been times when like we've tried to get something going and there are people that are like, nope, just Fortnite. And I don't want anybody to think that this is about them. Okay. I don't want anyone to, to be upset about this. I'm not mad at you for that. I'm not even really mad at the game for it. It's just kind of a bummer that like, that game is so popular that people can't get away from it to do other things. Kind of like you said earlier, there's all these other games out there that are multiplayer that are even open source and free and in beta and blah, 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 blah. 
and it would literally just take a download and we could try it, you know, but it's always about Fortnite. Also, I don't think carpentry has anything to do with skill in a video game. I, I mean, yes, it's skilled. I'm not going to sit here and say that building does not take skill. That's one reason that I am I don't play Fortnite because I'm not good at the carpentry aspect of it. Um, and I'm going to call it carpentry because that's what it is. Um, you like know, but you use you time. use metal and brick. Eighty percent of the time, people are using wood because it's <laughs> it, you get wood faster. Oh, do you? Oh yeah. Please tell us about your fast wood peaches. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> Like I just don't I don't personally find I don't personally find it interesting to watch people have a build off like two people that are pretty much of equal skill level level in a gunfight it's all like I said last week it's all a big game of rock paper scissors of how are they going to build their tower in a structure different from how I'm going to build my tower and which person will be a, have the high ground first like which person will be Obi-Wan Kenobi first <laughs> That's Fortnite <laughs> in a nutshell. Help, I'm trapped in a nutshell. So I don't know. I just, Fortnite doesn't personally annoy me that much until it's like the only thing that is consuming people. And my, my, my scare with it is what I talked about before, is that I don't want, I don't want it to be expected of games like of all games to be cross-platform all the time because it's unrealistic unless we're gonna have like <laughs> like now with playstation 5 the keyboard controller <laughs> they just literally sell you a keyboard <laughs> with like the playstation logo at the top right there and you push the button and it powers up and it just sits on your lap but it's already it's already there keyboard support for fortnite is supported on xbox and playstation Okay, but I'm saying like every single game, well, you're gonna hook up a keyboard and mouse to not play. Not necessarily every single game, but any game that you will want to have a competitive advantage in, right? Because we're not just talking. The, I mean, I think if we go back to the positive, what this doesn't just open up is games like Fortnite. We play against people. This opens up things that you're playing with people. This opens up that there's a rumor going around that at BlizzCon, which we're going to in uh, two and a half weeks. Um, what? <laughs> uh, there's a rumor going around that Diablo 3 is going to be announced as cross-platform and they're going to open it up for you to, because they have the Switch version coming out. They're going to open it up so you can play with people on PC and people on PlayStation. So think about all those people that are like, wait, I own Diablo 3 because I know so many people that actually own the game but own it on different platforms. And the idea of all of us being like, wait, we all own this game. We can all play it now. Let's just all like get in there. Yeah, but Diablo 3 is in is in the bucket that I would put games that are totally fine to be cross compatible because Diablo three, you have what, like six active skills at a time and sure. then you run around and you button mash. Like that's all Diablo three is, is running around and button mashing. Well, yeah, well, I, I guess my only point is that the precedent isn't only negative. It would be a positive in a lot of ways too, because you have those two buckets. You have a lot of games that could really benefit from it. Sure. But let's keep the negative. Concerned. Go ahead. I'm just concerned that the buckets will merge. Like people will try to merge the buckets. Sure. And they need to stay separate because the contents do not. Yeah. Let's. Well. Peaches, keep telling us about how they need to be separate but equal. Let us know. Oh. Oh no. Wait. What? He said we got to keep the buckets separate. They're equal, but they're separate buckets for this a reason. Is, whoa. <laughs> you are putting words in this mouth. Whoa. <laughs> I am a very nice man. And I, would never, I 
would never say would, that in that context. I would never. Oh no. I didn't mean that. Chris, let's oh, keep the negative. Tra- let's keep the negative train going. What do you think well, the negative aspects that uh, Fortnite is having currently on multiplayer games? Well, I mean, the the worst thing I think that's happened because of Fortnite is we found out that Zach was racist. <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> this is my. You're on my stream. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess if it's going to be negative, then I think that it's just the same thing that happens whenever there's any sort of big change in gaming uh some big phenomenon when everyone tries to just hop on that bandwagon because i don't need a hundred different versions of a battle royale game um (laughs) unless we're going to drop them all onto an island and have them fight each other uh to find out which is the ultimate battle royale game but um yeah it's just i don't i don't want to see this become just like well, this is it. All right, everyone's going to go with a battle royale because now isn't like Call of Duty adding a battle royale thing? It just came out. out. It just came out, and apparently oh, it it's really out. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's good, and I'm sure people will find new wrinkles for it. But you know, if that becomes the like the main type of game, then that that's going to get real boring real fast. I think. Like until unless someone finds something really interesting and new to do with it. Like I know you're not a fan of the carpentry or the masonry. Or the uh, the metal working, uh, just roll our bases there. Um, but that was something different. That was something that the other games didn't do. So uh, you know, you know, I, I think we're going to see people, you know, iterating on it for a little while. But then if you know, you just don't want it to become well. This is the landscape. Um, you want to play a game. Well, which battle royale do you want to play? It's like sometimes I don't want to fall out of an airplane or a bus to start my game. Or a dragon. Most days I don't. Uh, a dragon? Oh, a, a dragon, yeah. yeah. It's funny that you said that. Like, I agree with you, Chris, but it's funny that you said that because what we're planning on playing when we're done recording this is a Battle Royale game. But it's a different kind. <laughs> right. right. There you go. See, it's, it's a twist on, on the genre. It's not it's not just like Fortnite where you're shooting. Isn't this one more like... Uh, well, it's class-based, well, so there are different classes and they all have like little strengths. And it's changed. A, we'll talk about it later, but it's changed a yeah. lot over time. It used to be very different, and now it's closer to how it was at the beginning but still very different i think the the thing about what what i what i dislike the most is i feel like there has been a serious decline in experimentation in video games i have seen less people willing to just try out a game than in a very long time um this, oh, do you mean like experimentation from the perspective of gamers? Like they're not willing to experiment or developers? Gamers specifically. Okay. Gamers yeah. like when I think about my, my group of friends, I see and I don't I'm not like I said, I'm not calling it up, but I see less experimentation. I feel like a couple of years ago I could have been like, guys, I played this awesome game, let's play it. And I would have five people to be like, Yeah, sure, let's play it. And they would all pick up the game and we would all play it and we'd all have a good time. But now it's like, Yeah, we could play that, but or I could just play Fortnite or this game that I'm really invested in, you know, this one thing. Um, and so that that has its positives and its negatives. One thing that I like about Peaches over here is I can be like, hey, I found this game. It's pretty cool. And he'll be like, where can I buy it? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically that easy. And so, uh, I mean, it happened. You're like I'm easy? I, I'm, it literally happened like a week ago. I was like, hey, First I found you the- call me racist <laughs> on my channel. <laughs> Then you say I'm easy. Technically, I insinuated both of these things. I never actually said them. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm just... 
but it technically happened a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, I checked out this new Battle Royale that's basically a MOBA. It was 20 bucks, and he's like, how much was it? And the next day, hey, I bought that game. <laughs> it was only 20 bucks. So I sometimes mean, you, you, if you have a friend that you know that your tastes are going to be similar. I, I mean, I have definitely bought games on the recommendation of friends. Like Hollow Knight, I was already interested in it. And then when... um when Robbie started going like was going on about how great it was like okay well I guess I won't wait I'll just get it now and sure. but I did so so it was secretly me because he told me he bought that because we talked about it on the podcast <laughs> ah so it all goes back to you well thank you yeah. there we go and you wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for me ah. <laughs> <laughs> well then let me thank who's really responsible thank you Thank you. I developed uh, Hollow Knight. Chain of events that led to me buying it. And I actually got other people to buy it. Oh, uh, wow! So, yeah, it's like I'm a great great grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's exactly no, it's like that. Grandpa, that. Tiny little. It is. There is. Uh, that is a one to one relationship. You know, <laughs> when you weird. when you asked me a question a, a second ago, you made me like branch off into a whole different idea about how this is also ruining games and, and multiplayer games in general from a developer standpoint because it is very clear that lots of developers see. I mean, and to be fair, Fortnite is the king of this. They see battle royales. They turn into a cartoon character with um, money signs as eyeballs. And they <laughs> right, definitely a wolf in a suit. Right, right. And so, to be fair, Fortnite was not ashamed when it did that. PUBG was really big, and they were like, you know, that PUBG thing. This is basically the same thing, but you can build stuff. And now it's the most popular game on the planet. Um, yeah. And so, other studios are looking at that, and they're like, hey. You see what Fortnite did? We could basically just do the same thing. Hey, you see Fortnite? This is the same thing, except uh-huh. here's this random other thing that's different. Um, and rather than making other individual things and reiterating on things, I mean, and to be fair, this has happened with whatever popular thing has been going around. Like, for example, MOBAs. When MOBAs were at their peak, you could there was... For heaven's sake, there was a DC superheroes MOBA out there. Like so there, bad. there was a MOBA for everything. There was like a Lord of the Rings one. There was one. There was a MOBA for basically everything from every company. What is that? <laughs> what you're talking about? <laughs> I figured it out. Smash Bros. Battle Royale. See, exactly. And thank See, God I'm, Nintendo would never do that. I'm looking forward to when Nintendo does make one and you've got 100 people playing as a Pikmin. And then you've got like one guy telling you what to do, and you can throw them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One hundred Waluigi's enter. <laughs> uh, finally, the respect he deserves. Finally. Ah! Do you guys think? And this is completely off topic. Do you think he'll make it onto Smash? No, uh, he's already a. I wish, but he's already a. a an assist trophy, right? I could see them possibly make. I, it would. It would be unprecedented for them to decide. You know what? We're going to undo this assist trophy and uh make him a character uh like may- maybe downloadable down the line i don't know yeah they won't put him in it's too yeah, much of a meme do you think he yeah. will be the next rip um ridley the next ridley yeah absolutely i mean so, like, it was like as soon as it was like as soon ridley. as they announced ridley everyone's like okay now we're just gonna whine about waluigi <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but aren't they i thought that this I thought that they were saying this is the end. Like, hey, well, this is the last. This is Sakurai's last game. 
Yeah, no. well, he he says it's his last, but he he said that about the last two as well. So I, I, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I never believed that kind of stuff either. You yeah. know, they said that no. Saw three was the last Saw film. So I I almost feel like I'd be okay with this one being the last one, and I might I might regret that in a you know in a few years. I don't know, but when the next Nintendo system comes out, but the next one is not going to be able to have all these characters in it again. So anything is going to feel like a step down because I mean, he's already talked about like how hard it was to negotiate the rights for some of those characters, like for them to get solid snake back. And and like with, with cloud, uh, I mean, it's still, I, and I hope this changes, but like they're still at the point where it's so difficult to negotiate the rights that they only have those two songs, those two final fantasy songs for that stage. Why wouldn't they want that extra exposure? That doesn't, that is, makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. Like your uh, your game, Final Fantasy VII, is, is more than 20 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, would you not enjoy some free advertising for the most part? Yeah, and especially it's coming out on Switch now. So it's right. like, well, let's get a Sephiroth assist trophy in there where he comes in and stabs your character. And oh. uh, ah. then everyone gets sad for a while. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, like, I mean... The, uh, let's get some one winged angel remixes in, in on the soundtrack and everybody's begging and it's coming out it's just delayed again but everyone's begging for the final fantasy 7 remake so there's yeah. some more hype for like hey yeah. remember this character don't forget about our re our remake yeah it's i mean when brawl came out there was some free advertising for like one of the biggest playstation 3 games ever because they put in that shadow moses stage like oh and by the way here's the metal gear from the game that's not coming out on the way right <laughs> I don't know. I think that's silly. Like, yeah. you know that people love Super Smash Bros. I would yeah. be, if I'm a company that had a character that yeah. Nintendo reached out to me and said, we want your character in our game, I'd be like, shut up and take my money. Which, as a side note, I'm so excited that Shovel Knight is in, even if he's just an assist trophy. The fact that this little indie Kickstarter game uh, became such a big hit that it's in Super Smash Brothers now. Yeah, like how cool has it got to be for that? Because that's not a huge team. Like that's got to be like the coolest thing ever for them. I need to play Shovel Knight still. It's really good. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, now that we've yeah. successfully yeah. derailed the topic, I think that's going <laughs> to wrap up the show for us. Um, thank you both for being here, um, and Chris. I don't know if there's anything you want to plug, but if you want to let the folks know where they can find you on the interwebs. Oh yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at GatorSax2010. Um, that's pretty much it. I have an Instagram too, but I like never post on it. Don't find my Facebook. I don't want to be your friend uh, <laughs> if I don't know you. But yeah, follow me. I don't tweet as much as I used to, but I still do every once in a while. Um, go vote. That that's it. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, there we go. That's my plug. Close up the old plug bag. Uh, Peaches, for the folks that... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Why would you scare me like that? (laughs) Oh, that's a... Jess Monica. (laughs) I don't know who Monica belongs with. I'll just put her up here. Yeah, just have her be somewhere. Yeah, she'll be up here. (laughs) She'll just be watching. What were you saying? Uh, let the li- audio listeners know where they can find your stream and all your other oh. stuff. Yeah, audio listeners. If you're not in the stream right now where we are recording the podcast now, make your way over to twitch.tv slash peaches. That's spelled like peaches, except for 
the ES at the end is three and a Z because I'm edgy. Um, so look that up, (laughs) give that guy a follow. He's pretty cool. He says weird things on camera and plays Mario games. And also on Thursdays, you could come to the podcast and listen to us all talk and participate in general tomfoolery. Um, the best kind and then the best kind, yes, the general tomfoolery. <laughs> and uh, also, you should follow that dude's socials, D underscore Peaches on Twitter and Instagram. You can see what happens sometimes in real life on my Instagram. I, and I have a question. Yeah, yeah. What, what is the D for? Uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> Not... Y'all, y'all are twisting this in the way. It's never been asked like that. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> okay. I just want the D explained to me. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I'll explain the D. So this is a... We'll do a quick name origin real quick at the end of the episode. A little bonus content. For oh, a bonus. So the reason my name is Peaches in the first place is because I actually... Um, I, I used to live with uh, Dennis and his now wife, Lisa. Um, and the three of us plus Princess Peaches would play board games a lot. And while we were playing board games, Lisa would put on her Spotify playlist um, once we got used to the game. And one time, the song Peaches by Presidents of the United States of America came on, and I absolutely hated that song. And as a joke, they started calling me Peaches to make fun of me. So I rolled with it when it came around to making the, the Twitch handle, but... The, the D part of the story is they also one time when we were playing board games, uh, Princess and Lisa were talking about this BuzzFeed article that they found that was like, which Gilmore Girls guy would you marry situation? And they were talking about it and me being an asshole, I heard them say one of the names and I just decided, oh, I'd totally marry Dean because I, I don't know anything about the Gilmore Girls guys. And so the full name became Dean Peaches. And so the D stands for Dean. (laughs) If you you started like some sort of streaming university, you you could be the Dean. I'd be in charge of it all. (laughs) Anyway, Eduardo, take it away. I'm upset with myself that I know who Dean is because my wife has also watched Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, it's weird because, because his name is Dean, but, but he's like, but his brother is Dean, right? Yeah. It doesn't oh, wait, make any that's sense. The guy from Supernatural. Yeah. Yes, but and he's, he's Sam. His brother's Dean in Supernatural, but he's Dean in Gilmore Girls. Oh, I totally marry that dude. He's a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at ABCD Eduardo. You can find me on Twitch. I'm gonna start streaming. Watch out for my stream this Tuesday coming up, the 23rd. I'll be streaming into the evening with the new Gwent solo expansion along with Gwent Homecoming. You can find the show at Squad Up Podcast um, basically everywhere. Find the show um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found for the most part, you can find the show. Uh, rate, review, email the show. For the love of God, I'm going to keep begging until someone actually emails the show. Squad Up Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails and we will read them on the show. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For myself, for Chris. I said thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. For myself, for Chris, for Peaches. Good luck. Have fun. And is it really Bowser or Bowser? Or is it Pe- Bowser? Peaches? Peaches are. Peaches are. Okay.
Bye, everybody. See ya.